exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to episode 26 of With Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Ogan. I'm here with Reverend Kelly Isla. I'm apologizing in advance for my wonky internet connection. So if the audio is not great on my end today, it's not you. It's me. Uh, We are here to have conversations around embodied anti-racism, around dismantling oppression, and uh, the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers and in spiritual communities. Um, Today is, I believe, the last day we will be doing this on Unity Online Radio's uh, platform. Um, So if you are listening live right now and you want to join in on the conversation, today's the last day you get to do that on the phone by calling 816-251-3555. We are live streaming on Facebook and we will continue to live stream on Facebook. So if you want to listen to us in real time and, and, and comment, respond in real time starting next week, uh, it'll be on Facebook. So look us up on Facebook, Project Sanctus, or our handle is Get Our Holy On. Um, so also, um, if you are listening to us on Unity Online Radio and you haven't heard yet, we are we are the the show will continue. Uh, we have a new um, platform set up on Podbean. So if you go to With Love and Justice for All you'll find us. But if you're listening on your smartphone, like through Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or any of those places, uh, nothing's going to change for you. Just we can keep bringing you the episodes on those uh, platforms. So, hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, um, I just put the link to our Podbean location in the chat um, and... There's a lot of places, like you just said, however you like to listen to your podcast. So we're not going anywhere. We're not going away. Um, we're going to be here and even probably even more so. Um, uh, more so. We're going to be, uh, I was going to say, we're going to be in your face even more so. And there's, I think there's some truth in that. Um, uh, yeah. I had a friend, a friend of mine say, tell me uh, last week that you and I need to be squeakier. We need to be squeakier. I don't know yes. what that means. What well, that we mean? need to be squeakier. We need to be speaking up more, like challenging people more. And within, basically, they meant within unity, but need to be squeakier was their word. Um, not, wow. not, yeah, yeah. So, um, that was that was her thoughts. Um, so I hadn't told you, so I thought I'd spring it on you live. <laughs> <laughs> Given, given how, given a lot of the responses we've got, I'm like, really? Like, yeah. Yep. But, uh, but okay. No, no worries. No worries. Hey, we, we, we can be bigger. We can be louder. We can, we can, we can get ourselves into more good trouble. Absolutely. We can, yeah, I can be, can I can that. be, yeah, I can be squeakier. And I mean, it's not, you know, I bring it up and it's for me as a white body, it's in alignment with what we're talking about today because to be squeakier, meaning, interrupting and pointing things out and, and, you know, surfacing discomfort and white privilege. And, um, you know, you have to be squeaky and, you know, being, and be willing to say, you know, what people don't want to hear, what's inconvenient, you know, for, for white bodies. And um, Uh so the, what we're talking about today, the embodied anti-racism um, which you're going to say a little bit more about is the practice for actually supports being a little squeakier and more effectively and responding, not reacting, which is, I think, I think she wants squeakier responding, not reacting. Well, well, is, is, is that person going to join us in the squeak? Yes, hey. she is. She is. Um, yeah. Okay. Then I don't want to, I don't want to call her out here, but. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm no names need to be mentioned, but yeah. that's not where it was going. I'm just, I, I was just yeah. wondering if, if she was asking us to be squeakier because she doesn't want to be squeaky, but knows no. the squeak needs to happen. 
or she's well, going to join I, us in I, the squeak. I invited her. I never thought it'd say the words. You never thought what? I never thought I'd say the word squeak that many times. <laughs> I know, but it was just such a good word. Well, I also, I did invite her. I'm like, and you're going to do that too, right? <laughs> so yeah. Not <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just checking. So, so um, we, we are, we are doing the squeaking in the, in, in mainly the context of, of the spiritual movement uh, called unity. Um, and one of the things that we continue to stress is that um, this work that we do is is spiritual work. Yeah. Uh, we not we not just making trouble for the sake of making trouble. Uh, we're not just making trouble because it's good trouble that needs to be made. That is part of it. But this work requires inner transformation. This work requires inner introspection. And the best way we know how to do this is through mindfulness. Mindfulness uh, asks of us to pay attention to ourselves, to pay attention to our thoughts, to pay attention to um, the beliefs that maybe spring from those thoughts, to ask ourselves, um, maybe what are what are those unconscious things that I'm holding on to that are helping to perpetuate a system of injustice um, and and the question isn't if I'm holding on to them, it's what am I holding on to? Right. And and I think for many folks in, in these spiritual circles, there was a long held assumption that because I'm doing the spiritual work, um, because I'm grounded, or so I think, in quote unquote uh love and oneness, um I am not holding on to any of these unconscious uh as we call them, white supremacy cultural norms that help perpetuate the problem. So part of realizing that you are holding on to them and how they are at play is through what we already know what to do, mindfulness practices. So that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, well, I'm... I'm I'm hesitating. <laughs> you just said what we already know how to do, and I'm like, all right. Let me. You're right. You're as... right. Let me. Let me. Let me clean that up. What we already thought we were doing <laughs> is that is that better? Well, we know. We know the. Yeah. We know the theory. We know the theory around mindfulness practices, right? And and we've maybe been practicing some mindfulness things. Med- you know, med- meditation comes to mind, for example, or or you know, um, um, even appreciative inquiry, looking within um, as as a result. However, we've not we've not uh, I don't want to use the word targeted, focused or 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 turned it towards asking ourselves what is what am I holding on to that helps perpetuate the system, right? So so yeah, and that's, and that's what I meant by what we're already doing. Uh, yeah, and I'll still, uh, I don't think as many people as we think actually meditate. <laughs> I think we talk oh, this about is it a lot. True. <laughs> I think we do a lot of talking about it. It's, um, I think there's, you know, knowledge and information about it. Um, and I don't think as many people as we think actually, you know, take the time for, uh, mind any kind of mindfulness practice which is you know disengaging from the world and um you know um introspection and and reflection and and mindfulness isn't always you know about sitting still in a meditative in a you know in your lotus position or laying down or you know however you meditate it's not mindfulness is not there are a lot of different mindfulness practices um, but it's the it's the mindfulness is the 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 pausing the um, um, you know paying attention to what's going on in the body and what are the physical sensations and where do I have those and um, what are the feelings or emotions I'm having and what are the thoughts and it's it's reflecting on all of those um, and and inviting all of it in the good, the bad, the ugly, the messed up, the broken. Um, and I don't think that's what most people do in, in their meditation or their mindfulness practices. 
Um, but by doing them, or or I was going to say, or what 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 some of us do, myself uh, that I used to do, guilty as charged, throwing myself under the bus. It's a big bus. Join me if you want to. Uh, what some of us do is is we do them as. Uh, as we're checking off the boxes, look how spiritual I am. We do them for show yep. um, as as well. It's performative. Yep. How woke am performative. I? <laughs> that's 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 the word. That's the word. I didn't I I I, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. So so oh. pulling pulling up words that that have more than three syllables are gonna be a challenge for me today. <laughs> So between the four, that was four. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So between the little brain cloud and the cloudy internet connection, this will be fun. We'll have a whole show of being mindful, which means being in the present moment. What I think I'll do is when we go on break, I'll maybe I'll relocate myself and see if we get a better uh, signal. I'm not not in my usual space. that's that's why this is also happening all right but all right so let's talk about mindfulness as an anti-racism practice how is how how can we specifically use mindfulness to create that anti-racism uh culture first within ourselves and then the rest of the world well it's um you know we we talked several episodes back about DEI programs and, and, you know, um, and it's, it's not about not being educated and having some knowledge, but anti-racism and anti-racist practices are not DEI. They're two very different things. And I think people get them confused um, and don't really understand the difference. And so the mindfulness as an anti-racism practice is first of all, understanding that racism, um, you know, is this virus that we're all immersed in, that we've all been socialized to these white body supremacy cultural norms, um, and and it's a and while we know that race is a social construct and um, it's not quote unquote real, racism is real. Like race is not real, and racism is is real, um, which is why uh, I think it's. Um, Tanahisi Coates says that um, race is not the child of um, racism; it's the father. Mm, yes, um, which I just I love that quote because it shifts the atten- you know shifts me. But but having to understand what a racialized body is, um, we need to um, you know mindfulness practices help us understand that um, help us understand. Um, where how racism lives within us it's not just something we think about right it's actually the trauma of racism lives in our body trauma lives in our central nervous system and um and so embodied practices are about you know uncovering that and how does where do i feel that in my body what are what are the what's the meaning making I have about that, and what's the the images that come to mind, and and the feelings and the sensations, and even right now as I'm talking about it, I can feel an element of my shoulders kind of starting to hunch over a little bit. I can feel some contraction going on. So, you know, I just you know I have some grounding practices to to it's being able to notice that in the moment and shift it, and we're not. We're not really, in large part, we're not really taught that, particularly white people, white folks, because we don't think of, if you, if you, we don't think of white as a race, right? Uh, we, when mm-hmm. we think, for the most part, white bodies, when you say race or racialized bodies or race, mo- most white people go to, you know, a body of culture um, and don't, and it's whatever's not white. Um, and so until, uh, until somebody different than themselves steps into the space, then it becomes a racialized space. So mindfulness practices really supports us in understanding what as white bodies, what, um, what does it mean? Um, and, and, and what is, you know, what is my identity and, and what, what thoughts am I holding around that? Um, it's really races about our, 
you know, imagined geographies, right? Our imagined locations um, and the, that construct. So mindfulness um, practices uh, invite us into that moment to moment. Um, I think it's another quote from Tanahisi Coates, but I can't honestly remember, but the line is moment to moment integrity. So mindfulness practice brings us to mm. every moment to moment, you know, what's what's alive you know what's going on when we find ourselves triggered or activated or uncomfortable um so um if i can't really even answer the question of what it means to be white and most white people can't you know what is when you ask white bodies what is the impact of race been on your life they launch into all the bodies of culture that are in their life or from when they were little which is not the question um, and we've talked about this on yeah. previous ones, but but being able to answer that question in a moment to moment integrity, what is the impact of race in my life? Um, so wait, Reverend Kelly, I know. Are you saying, Reverend Kelly, are you saying that I have to walk around all day thinking about race and racism? Is is that what you're saying? Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's a what a great question because you already do, you just don't know it. I only ask the best questions. Yes. I think I don't know that anyone's ever asked me that. And at the moment, that's my answer. You already do, you just don't realize it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You can't you can't you can't not. And I think and I think often this is when people hear um the the we're doing an anti-racism mindfulness practice. And we're asking people to be mindful that this is this is where they go to. I don't want to think about race all the time. I don't want to think and and for them what it what it what they're really saying is I don't want to think about the racial injustices and the horrible things. And I don't want to feel bad about being a white body or if I'm a body of color and culture, I don't want to keep focusing on all the horrible things that are being done to me or, or the systems and hurdles I have to go through. And it's not about, to your point, you, it's not about thinking and focusing on it. It's, it's, it is our lived experience as a person of color. My lived experience is, is knowing that yes, every place I go, that's how I'm being seen. And what are the thoughts and judgments that might come along with that? Am I stepping into a space where I am safe or I might be in some elevated sense of, of danger when I walk into a, a department store or when I'm traveling somewhere, what are the assumptions that are being made <clears throat> about me when, um, you know, I'm just living my daily life being black Right? Um, is someone going to take offense? Is uh, is a white body going to take offense because they may perceive that that's not a space I'm in, I'm entitled to? So so the thoughts are present in mind all all the time, yeah. uh, you know. And you know, just I'm, I'm staying in a friend's house right now, and just yesterday I was out walking in the neighborhood, and and um, it's from what I can tell, it's sort of a diverse neighborhood uh my my friends are asian um more specifically uh vietnamese and filipino and um i i am seeing a few neighbors who are also black but for the most part the neighborhood is a predominantly white neighborhood and i'm walking and it's like you know I don't know if the looks I'm getting are we don't recognize you from the neighborhood or <laughs> we don't recognize you from the neighborhood. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. And, and it's not that I'm just making this stuff up. There's, there's, there's a lot of legitimized lived experience to go. Yeah. This may be what's happening. Um, so, so to be mindful is, is uh, first, as you're saying for, for me to notice when I'm in a space um, how, how, how am I, how am I feeling? How is my body feeling? What's my body saying to me? Does, does my body, um, um, feel, um, uh, help, help inform my narrative about myself that I belong in the space. I have a right to be in the space. 
Um, or is my body saying, I don't feel safe in the space. I, I might need to leave. And, and is, and is there a legitimized threat to my safety or is it simply because this is the prevailing narrative that I am, I am unconsciously living, living that out. And there's no, there's no right or wrong here. There's just a, what am I experiencing in that moment? And do I now have the tools to, if my body is in an agitated space uh, or an agitated uh, sense of tension and anxiety because I'm being in space because I look around and I'm like, you know, the only black person in this room now or one of, you know, there's two or three of us black people in a room of 30 other folk uh, to go like, huh, do I have tools to recenter myself because I've noticed I'm in this agitated space and realize that I don't necessarily need to be in agitated space right now. So when we speak about, about mindfulness, that's what we are referring to. And, and, and to, to be that presence in that space as a person of color is important, whatever that space might be. And it's essential. And I shouldn't feel like I don't belong there. So, and and that itself is, is showing up as an anti-racist and 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 to give voice to if there's things being said that are perpetuating um, white supremacy cultural norms. So there's that from my perspective. Yeah, and and I've you know I I heard uh, Robin D'Angelo say uh, years ago that she um you know what what she what she does is. Um, you know, kind of like answering the question, how do I move through the world causing less harm? It's, it's, and, and, and it's important. So causing less harm, which means you're causing harm. And, and I've, I've, when I, first time I heard her say that I, I flinched, of course, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not causing harm, you know? Um, um, And, you know, what I've learned over the years, of course I do just by, and it's not us, it's not to be shaming and guilting and self-deprecating. It's just, it's a function of the system that we're in. The system of racism of oppression is by being white. um, I'm already in a position of power and privilege. And so there's already, I just walk into a space and there's like what you just described. So it's not Mm -hmm. about not doing harm and, and harm I do is not, Again, not beating myself up and because I'm this horrid, horrid person, it's a function of being white. It's, it's for me, it's, and through mindfulness practices, you know, embracing the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, messed up and broken is just acknowledging that. And so how do I move through this space doing less harm, which means I have to understand the harm that, that has gone on, that continues to go on even if it's not coming specifically in a moment from me, but it's, but mindfulness practices are really move us into this very deep, uh, you know, what's called this radical interconnectedness that links us to, um, to everything. Um, And it's, it's, you know, we, we, and the word radical um, one of the reasons I like the, the term, like even radical mindfulness practice or radical awareness or radical compassion, right? You just did recently did a class on that radical interconnectedness. The word radical means root. So we're going, you know, mindfulness practices take us to to the our groundedness, to the roots, right? Which is that yeah. we are interconnected. We are interconnected. And as a white body, I have to actually work to see that and to see where I'm not connecting and where, um, you know, I can use spiritual practices to, to, to take me off course to where I can actually use a mindfulness practice to, you know, like you said at the beginning, I'm a good person, I'm doing my meditation, I'm, you know, I'm, I would never think, I don't think badly of other humans, we're all the same, and yet the system doesn't say that, you know, the system we live. I think in. badly of some humans. I'll admit it. I think I, badly of well, some other humans. Yes, I do. I was, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking bad. I'm thinking badly of all the humans that are trying to push these like just absolutely ridiculous 
uh, don't say gay bills and anti-trans bills yeah. and laws. Yeah. And so, like, I, I will admit my, my yeah. first thought about them are bad thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. Well, and, and making it harder to vote specifically for um, yeah. black people um, and other bodies of culture. Um, so yes. the, um, I think we go to break soon. Um, so when we come back in our second half, we'll do, um, at some point, I think we're going to do an embodied anti-racist practice, which is the embodied mindfulness, paying attention to our thoughts and feelings, um, in an open, non-judgmental way. It's increasing our emotional intelligence. It's increasing our resilience and expanding and increasing our resilience allows us to hold the discomfort that we need to hold in order to build an anti-racist culture. Like it's this connecting these thoughts in this circle. So let's do it right when we come back from break. So get comfortable, get comfortable. If you're listening folks, wherever you are, get comfortable. We're going to do some mindfulness practice when we come back. You're listening to with love and justice for all. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right, welcome back to the show. This is With Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Ogan, that's Reverend Kelly, and we're talking about mindfulness as an anti-racism practice. And we're actually going to do an exercise right now. Reverend Kelly's going to lead us in a mindfulness practice exercise. So <clears throat> wherever you are, uh, get comfortable um if you happen to be driving right now please stop the car and you know pull over to the side of the road if you want to participate um, stop the car <laughs> yeah yeah uh so take it away reverend kelly okay so um with with any embodied mindfulness practice there's always the um the beginning it always begins with you know, settling ourselves, grounding ourselves, um, <coughs> excuse me. And so it, there's what what's important to know, and this, I haven't quite started the practice, but what you want to keep in mind is that there is no, it's always about what works for you. And often we can have a tendency that the minute someone says, well, you know, mindfulness, or it's going to be meditative, people just sit down and close their eyes. And I never want to assume that that's what's right for you, that that's what works for you, that that's what is how you want to arrive in this space, you know, in your own body. So for some people, it is to sit and close the eyes and and to bring the intention inward. I know people that to close their eyes and bring attention inward can be very challenging. It triggers trauma and there's some fear. And so maybe... For you, it's to just simply lower your gaze and have something in front of you that you can just have a soft gaze on. Um, It might be that you lie down. Um, You don't have to be seated. Um, You can, whether on your bed or, you know, a yoga mat or, you know, or sit on the floor. I mean, there's whatever it's what's most important is because this is mindfulness is about being present moment to moment it's really important that we bring ourselves to the practice to the space in a way that works for you um so as you know as i'm as we move through this practice my eyes will probably open and close at times so take begin with a deep breath if you have not already put yourself in a position seated, lying down, but be comfortable, as comfortable as you can in the body. Take a deep breath in and a big exhale. And as we move through this practice, we're just going to pay attention to how things unfold, right? It's just simply allowing awareness to arise, not changing anything, 
but just simply paying attention to what does arise. And breathing is, is a, can be a very powerful tool to help us just focus. If you find the mind wandering, just notice that. Recording stopped. And allow it to have space. Right here and right now. With every breath, bring your awareness more and more to the position of your body. Recording in progress. Are you lying down? Are you seated? And again, a few more deep breaths. And imagine that flow of the breath is just extending through your whole body. Not just into the lungs, but from the head to the toe, from side to side, and from the feet, that breath moves out, connecting you to ground. With your next in-breath, deepen your awareness of who you are. Take a deep breath in and ask your heart who you really are. What's the connection to your parents? And through Recording your stopped. parents, and through your parents as best you can, connecting to grandparents. And grand, great-grandparents. Maybe you know their names. Maybe you don't. You don't need to. It's just a connection. It's not a cognitive pursuit. Bring yourself back to the breath. Settling into the body a little bit more. And bringing to mind what do you know about your ancestral heritage? What don't you know? There is no right or wrong. Just be aware of the many details that you may not be aware of. What do you know about the places that your ancestors called home? What do you know about the place the geographical location of your each of your parents where they grew up, of your grandparents, your great-grandparents. What do you know about those places? What do you know about the friends they had? What do you know about the towns they lived in? What do you know about the languages that they spoke? And again, if you don't know these things, it's not a right or wrong or good or bad. It's just noticing. What do you know about how your family came to the place that they call home? What do you know about the place that you call home? Are there parts of the story that are fuzzy? Or recognizing they're just stories that someone told with an unknown origin? What parts of who you are have been hidden, left out, denied? buried. Take a deep breath in. Remembering that you're just looking at what you know, what you don't know, 
that they are all, all that you know and all that you don't know makes up who you are and your place in this world. Take a minute and just reflect on what do you feel in your body? Do you feel tension somewhere about the not knowing or stories being buried or untold? Do you feel tension in the shoulders or the back? What emotions surface? Frustration, uncertainty, shame. About the not knowing. Anger. And there's also maybe emotions of pride of joy as you connect to pieces of your lineage and celebrate those. So you just want to name some of the physical sensations as you reflect on the, the inquiry You want to notice the feelings that emerge. What thoughts might be running through your brain. Take a deep breath and just exhale all of it out with the breath. Now consider the actual community in which you live. And this is just one aspect of your place in the world. And consider the fact that every person in that community has a long, rich lineage, just like you. And those lineages and those places in the world are very, very different. And also share things in common. So take another breathe in and out. Feeling the deeper ground of your existence, the deeper radical interconnectedness with the rest of the world. Allow the awareness of your common humanity to fill the sense of your place in this world in this very moment. And continue to just breathe. Or breathing is that common experience that all humans share. Just keep breathing and consider the aspects of your place in this world. And the awareness of what is known and not known. When you're ready, just gently bring yourself back to the breath, breathing in and out. And gently with kindness, with grace. Bring your attention back into the place that you were before we began. Thank you. Thank you.
<sighs> yeah, I, I always want to, uh, you know, it's a way. So that one is a way to just, you know, who do we know who we are, that we are, you know, we carry with us generations and generations and generations of um, um, of you know ancestry, generations and generations of of places and um, you know and faith and food and um, and and trauma and trauma. Yes, yeah, that's one. Yeah, you know if if you if you read the book uh, My Grandmother Sands by uh, Resma Manikin, one of the things he talks about it's is we have to remember that that everyone who is here is carrying generational trauma right so so us black folk we're carrying the generational trauma from slavery here in the u.s but he says white folk are also carrying generational trauma because you have to remember uh uh, white folks traced their lineage back to ancestors who left europe and came over here more likely in 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 more cases than not they were avoiding or escaping persecution of their own right escaping their own trauma and and because that trauma uh was not dealt with in the in the white body and passed down through generation and generation then it was also uh blown out onto or or projected onto indigenous peoples and then black peoples and uh, than than uh, folks from from Asia as well, uh, so we're all carrying generations and generations of trauma within our bodies, and 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 part of these practices help us to become aware of that and also to release them. Or on and when we say release, part of it is not acting from that yeah. uh, trauma. It's breaking breaking the cycle of acting from the generational traumas that we are carrying yep yeah and in fact for for white bodies you know the european um you know white ancestors it that generational historical trauma goes back 900 years a thousand years um and yeah and most people don't realize that um and you know and when you know in making the the you know immigrating to the United States white bodies from Europe um when they got here you had to relinquish you know I'm not Polish I'm white American you know I'm not Italian I'm I'm white um and which is just a uh reliving you know it's just perpetuating um and that you're not you're not this you're not it's disconnecting you know from who you are, you know, yeah. his history. So. Uh, so one of the things we do want to invite you into is this practice uh, every week with us. So Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, Reverend Kelly and I will be leading um, a mindfulness embodied anti-racist practice. So you can join us live uh, on Zoom or watch us live on Facebook as we do it. Um, if you can't make that time, the, the video will be up in our Facebook feed so you can um, participate uh, on your own time. And if you watch us on Zoom, um, after the meditation on Zoom only, we, we are setting aside some time for for discussion. Um, you know, if you want to share what came up um, for you and from you during the meditation time, or if you have more questions or just a time of connection, uh, that'll be available on, on Zoom. That part will not be live streamed. Um, so uh, please make a note in your calendars and we want to invite you into that. It's a, it's a start in place uh, for so many of us. And um, I'll, you know, we're doing it once a week, but the truth is once a week is not enough. Um, so, so feel free and we encourage you to, to replay them, um, you know, a few times a week. Um, and as you just experienced, they're not very long. What did we just do? Like maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Not even, maybe it was probably closer to 10. Oh, wait, maybe, I don't know. I was thinking, 
Listen, yeah. I was I was I was relocating myself to another part of the house so I could get some better uh, better Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. So so I I I I didn't I lost track of time and uh, so so yes so we do want to encourage you in your space and to realize that just you know as we love to do in our spiritual communities set an intention and I, I'm using air quotes for the for the folks who are listening to the audio just set in an intention to you know, uh, to live in an anti-racist world is not going to cut it, okay? Mm. Um, it, it, it is individual um, inner spiritual work and also individual and collective outer work. So, so yeah, that's, let's do the work. If we, if we want the experience, we say we want to have individually and in the world, this is this is this is one of the pieces uh to to embrace because very often the question is well how do we do this uh you know or or rather or rather as we as we love to say in our in our circles what's mine to do about this right what's 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 yours to do is is to do the the inner the inner work um well and and the the um i think there's a again not an either or there's just but there's a quick you know what one thing i notice especially with white bodies is you know what's mine to do and you know give me something to do like out in the world and that you know i'm going to go do a project and i'm getting involved in doing this racial equity and you know I'm, what other classes can i take and what other books can i read and what what seven week program can i go yeah, do to uh, yeah. you know learn 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 some lingo and learn some tools and, yeah and get certified yeah. as a white ally there there you go uh, um in seven weeks congratulations um but <laughs> but uh but but it's it's about the everyday inner uh realizations right um and and no you're not you're not you're not done in seven weeks this is this is ongoing you're not done in seven months you're not done in seven years in seven years um you know if you're lucky maybe seven decades but after seven decades you know i'll put your feet up you've earned your time <laughs> relax uh, but um but but the other the other thing we also want to encourage you to do and again you, you don't have to do this work with us but please do it um yeah. um to, to join our, what we call our affinity groups, um, twice a month, we, we come together as white bodies and black bodies and, and, and other bodies of culture. And sometimes we are all together and sometimes we are apart, but, but twice a month we engage in conversation. Yes. It is very awkward yet also affirming very conscious and, 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 and connective conversations where we, we we sometimes put our foot in our mouths and 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 sometimes we I do throw me under that bus some some sometimes we 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 say things that that make each other un, uncomfortable but but this is this is how we do the work uh, over over time right there's there's not a there's there's not a training to do that mm-hmm. that that fixes it right um, this is this is not how it how it works. Uh, the best you get out of a training is, you know, some terminology. Yeah, uh, and and you know. and it's fine. Knowledge, okay. And yeah. the the he, so here's one of these things that doesn't you know that's a uh, living while white hashtag living while white is that knowledge is uh, is power, and um, if I have enough knowledge. It just it reinforces the power that I already have as a white body. Are you stealing our hashtag now too, you white people? Seriously. <laughs> well, you, there's you living. Can't. It. I didn't make it up. Rhonda McGee made it up. Living while white, living while black. <laughs> I'm just just messing with you. I know, but it. You know, when I first uh, came across that in her book, Rhonda McGee's book, The Inner Work of Racial Justice, mm-hmm. um, it does. I do have to. It causes me to pause in my day and. I, you know, like when we talk about, you know, and this is, this is part of the, why mindfulness practices are so important is that it helps us deconstruct this, the paradigm, the, the water that we're swimming in, that we're all drinking so that we can stop imagining a world, right? Like we, how many times do we spend visioning and imagining and co-creating and we're doing it all from the, the paradigm 
of, you know, white supremacy. And we don't even realize it. Um, we don't even we don't even know it. So I can't possibly imagine a really imagine a world until I've deconstructed enough and um so that I'm imagining from a very different place. And that that takes a long time. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And it's one of the that's one reason that's one thing that makes the affinity group so powerful. It makes the the mindfulness practices because you can do the mindfulness practice individually and collectively because this is communal work. Um, It's yeah. So I um, but I I uh, it, it I just have this energy around, Okay. I don't want to hear in lip service to, you know, imagining a world that works for all, imagining, you know, or visioning, which doesn't mean I don't have hope. It doesn't mean that that I can't have some, I, you know, doesn't mean I'm not allowed to have some idea, right. you know, it's just. Um, That's not all you do. No, no. <laughs> and I have to be willing to see where the things that I'm imagining are still cloaked in racism. Yes. Um um, I think that's a good stopping point. We've got about a minute left. And before we go, I do want to uh, give a shout out to uh, everybody's favorite uh, engineer behind the scenes, uh, Jeff. Yay. Uh, we, we will miss doing this Love you. every we'll week. You. Um, um, thank you to uh, Unity Online Radio for, if I remember, I misremember a lot of things, inviting us into doing this podcast uh, to, to, be, to, to begin with. Um, and... Um, this is this has been a good this has been a good time here all 25 26 episodes that we uh that we did on on the network um but um like i said uh the show continues and um either either please uh, the easiest way is just to look us up on on you know one of those podcast networks um or or subscribe on on podbean um and you can search for us there with uh, love and justice for all with love and justice for all that that's the name of the show so um this is this is us signing off from unity online radio network um yeah. and um thank you for joining us in this work of thank creating you. a work of love and justice for all we will see you next week